Hello and welcome to Inside the Admissions Office, your one-stop shop for expert advice on the smart way to get in. My name is Kayla, and each episode I'll bring you an interview with a former admissions officer, a graduate of a top college, or an admissions expert. These interviews will take you inside the admissions office and will be full of behind-the-scenes knowledge, first-hand experiences, and application tips that will help you get into your dream school. This week we're joined by Katherine Canham to talk about how to get into Dartmouth College. Hi, Catherine. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Kayla. Thanks for having me. So you are an alum of Dartmouth College. I am. So when you were applying to this Ivy League school, what was your college application process like? Yeah, uh, it was stressful. (laughs) I was a hardworking student. I was definitely excited about the next step. And I enjoyed envisioning different futures for myself when I was looking at different campuses and thinking about what schools would be a good fit for me, but it was all nerve-wracking, no doubt, just because I think the process become such an intimidating and competitive one. Uh, So creating my school list was exciting, but also definitely stressful at times. Um, There were different things that appealed to me about different schools when I first started, so I had to take a lot of time to critically think about what I valued most and what I really wanted to prioritize when picking a school. Right. Yeah, I think that's definitely very relatable. I know I was very stressed during my (laughs) application process. (laughs) So other than Dartmouth, how many other schools were you applying to? Yeah, so I ended up applying to around eight to ten. Wow. Uh, Yeah, and at first I had all different types of schools. I had small liberal arts, I had big urban schools, I was honestly a bit all over the place. And it took me a a bit of time to decide what I wanted, but in the end, I think I was able to pinpoint a few key things that helped me narrow my list as a whole. Um, Liberal arts, that curriculum and that flexibility ended up being really important to me as I was thinking about what I wanted my academic experience to be like. I eventually narrowed it down to the Northeast, um, and I felt strongly about having a campus feel and a beautiful campus. Uh, I kind of felt like this was one of the one times in my life where I was really going to get to choose uh, where I'd be living. Um, And so I really wanted to love that environment. In terms of the extracurriculars, um, I'm more of an artsy person. I had done a lot of community service throughout high school, so I was looking into both of those things as well. Um, I did jewelry and metalworking throughout high school, uh, and Dartmouth has a jewelry studio. That actually became something I was really drawn to, and I worked there. It was one of the highlights of my, yeah, one of the highlights of my college experience. And then what I would say is I was definitely the type of student where campus visits were really important to me. I visited a lot of schools and I just kind of felt like I needed to feel it out and be there in order to just feel confident about the choice I was making and applying to the school. Right. So you mentioned some of your activities that you were doing, your community service and jewelry making. So what kind of other activities were you putting on your activities list? I'm guessing that other students who are looking at Dartmouth are kind of curious about what was on this girl's application <laughs> that got her into my dream school. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of my activities, I was not an athletic person at all. <laughs> but yeah, like I mentioned, arts-related extracurriculars and also volunteering. Uh, so I love to sing. 
act. I did all the choirs and show choir and musical theater, that sort of thing. I did the jewelry making and then I also did a lot of the community service. Um, I had been a Girl Scout uh, since I was a daisy <laughs> and I followed through until I got my Girl Scout Gold Award. Um, and that project actually ended up connecting to the theater work I did. Um, I made set pieces for uh, my childhood theater that I had been volunteering at and teaching at as a high school student as well. Uh, so I think that was important to me. That was kind of like my capstone project in a way. And I think that helped connect a few different sides of me, which I think is a cool thing to think about when you're thinking about what you're doing, if there's ways you can bring some of the things you do together. So I received a Presidential Volunteer Service Award for the amount of community service hours that I had. And so I would say those were like the biggest things that really filled my activities list. Um, but there was definitely a clear focus and a clear direction in terms of what I was pursuing. Right, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot to learn and a lot to take from the activities you were doing. Like you said, a lot of yours connected. Uh, we call that an ingenious, the application for SONA. And it sounds like you also had a lot of really good like leadership opportunities. Getting a gold award in Girl Scouts is obviously a very big achievement. And so I think that's definitely something that students listening to this can take away from that, is that you had, you know, you had really pointed experiences, but also, also a lot of depth as well. Yeah, absolutely. So when you were going on your school visits, working on your school list, and then eventually working on your application, what was kind of the timeline of that whole process for you? How long were you actually working on those applications? Yeah, uh, definitely a long process. Uh, I would say the school visits were throughout my junior year. I will never forget my road trip I took with my dad <laughs> during my spring break of junior year, where we essentially went all across the East Coast. I remember starting uh, during my junior spring, writing the first draft of my personal statement for English class, mm -hmm. uh, and working hard over the summer, and working until Christmas on my regular decision applications. Um, I did a lot of work over the summer, and I would definitely highly recommend that to make sure you stay ahead of the game. Uh, I also did that because I applied to safety schools with rolling admissions, which uh, meant that I submitted those applications in September. And I heard back in October, by mid-October, that I had been admitted to college. Uh, so for me, for somebody who was really nervous about the process, mm -hmm. I would highly recommend it. It was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. I knew I was going to college. Uh, I was excited about those schools. And I also knew that my application was solid and I had something to work on moving forward for the rest of my application. So I would say because of that decision, a bit of my work was front loaded and I was really grateful for that in the end. So I would definitely recommend that. Yeah, I think I had a similar experience of applying a bit earlier to some schools and it definitely does take some of the weight and some of the stress off. Absolutely. It's stressful at first, but then it pays off. <laughs> yes. Uh, so speaking of all of that stress that comes with it, what do you think was the hardest part for you of going through the application process? Yeah, I would honestly say juggling it all. I would say never underestimate how crazy senior year is and how it gets when you're taking hard classes and you're doing your extracurriculars, you name it. In addition to college applications, it's a lot. I was taking five AP classes at the time and I just had a hard time juggling my short-term assignments that were due, you know, the next day with my long-term college applications. 
And it was always tempting to put off the college applications because I knew I had some time until January. But I also knew that in the long run, my college applications were so much more important than the homework assignment I needed to submit. I think maintaining that balance and making sure everything I was getting done needed to get done. But I think that just trying to stay as organized as you can and trying to hold yourself accountable to a timeline can really help. Yeah, I think definitely trying to fight off the procrastination as much as possible is one of the hardest parts. So you talked about it a bit, about what kind of drew you to Dartmouth. Um, But I wanted to dive deeper into this of out of all of the colleges that you applied to and you were accepted to, why was it Dartmouth that you ended up choosing to attend? Yeah, so it sounds cheesy, but it really was because of the people. Uh, I went back for Admitted Students Day and the current students, but also the fellow admitted students I was talking to just really struck me as interesting and passionate and good people. And the other schools I was still thinking about, I knew I would be happy going to those schools. I knew I would get along and have friends and have a great academic experience. But I just kind of felt like the people at Dartmouth were going to push me more um, and push me to be better. And I don't know how to describe it, but I just kind of had a feeling after I went. It's hard to describe, but I just kind of knew it in my gut. And I think my family knew too. It just kind of was obvious after I went back um, that that's where I was gonna be. So I was lucky that that experience definitely helped me solidify my decision. Yeah, and I think that also speaks to the importance again of campus visits, of really getting that experience and meeting the people to really see what it's gonna be like for you. Totally, no, I think campus visits are so valuable if you can do them, but if not, just taking advantage of the resources like webinars and online campus tours, there are so many things out there right now. So even if you're far away or if you're unable to make it to the school, um, I think that just having that interaction can really help you make a strong choice. Mm-hmm. And then once you got to Dartmouth and you started, you obviously had to eventually choose your major and what you're going to study. And I think that's something that's very stressful for a lot of students, especially if they don't know what they want to study, they're not sure what to put on their common application, and they're afraid of kind of going in undecided. So what was that experience like for you? Yeah. So I went into Dartmouth and I was very interested in the social sciences, but I wasn't totally sure which one was going to be the right fit for me. I definitely explored. Of my nine classes by freshman year, eight of them were in different departments. Um, So you can definitely see I tried a lot of different things and I would recommend that because this just did make me so sure that geography was what I wanted to major in. Uh, When I tell people I was a geography major, they think I majored in maps and (laughs) that is not the case. I studied human geography uh, and I specialized in international relations and immigration. Uh, The first geography class I took was in international development and I was hooked and I knew that that was going to be my major when I just kept looking at the course catalog and I kept looking at what courses were going to be offered in the next terms. So I took classes like global health. I took a class called race, ethnicity, and immigration. I took a class about the mixed race family. So I was analyzing social and political interactions on a global scale. And for me, my major just ended up being such a great combination of government, international relations, anthropology, sociology. It was just kind of that combination um, that I was really looking for. And 
I was also a religion minor, and to be completely honest, that happened by accident. Um, I just happened to realize by the time I was a junior that I had taken three religion classes out of interest, and I only needed two more to finish a minor, so I did that. Uh, and I think it's true that often majors and minors just fall into place. And I think sometimes it's hard when you're filling out your college application, you feel like you have to have it all figured out. And uh, it's definitely strategic to have a direction for your application. And I think it is great to start thinking about what your path would be so colleges can understand how you would contribute to a campus and what classes you would take. But I would also just say don't be afraid to explore when you get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think definitely exploring is a huge part, and I agree things kind of just falling into place. I knew a lot of people that had accidental minors or accidental second majors, so I think that's more common than people think. And yeah, just taking a lot of different classes, looking at those course catalogs, I think is especially super helpful uh, in that whole process. So academics aside, or I guess including academics, if it was one of your favorite parts, but looking back at your time at Dartmouth, what was your favorite part of attending? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, this is a really hard question. Um, I would say that one of my favorite parts was more academic, and it was my professors. Uh, I would say that Dartmouth is consistently hailed for their quality of academic teaching because they're um, a college primarily focusing on undergrads and all of their classes are taught by full professors compared to a lot of other top schools where um, you might be taught by TAs. Um, and when I was looking at Dartmouth, I kind of thought this was something they just put in their brochures and that wouldn't actually make a big difference to my experience, but it really did. Uh, and at Dartmouth, the professors that I learned from were just absolutely incredible people. Um, for example, one of my mentors at Dartmouth helped Obama craft his immigration policy. And another one of my favorite professors is consistently published in top newspapers for analyzing religious rhetoric in presidential candidates. So they're just really inspiring. It sounds cheesy, but that was true. And so I think that that is something that now that I look back on my experience at Dartmouth that I'm incredibly grateful for. Uh, and then also cheesy, like I mentioned before, just the people and the classmates. So I would say not only the people that were teaching me were really inspiring, but the people in my class were really genuine, incredible people that I just loved getting to know. And so how did you kind of get to know these people? What were you involved in on campus? You mentioned the jewelry studio, uh, but how else were you getting involved on campus? Yeah, absolutely. So I continued with community service at Dartmouth. I ran an organization called Students Fighting Hunger, uh, and we ran weekly meals for the community. Um, and anyone could come, it was for anybody. Um, we often got a lot of low-income residents um, that were hoping to have a nice, warm, home-cooked meal. Uh, but it was also just a way to bring the community together. Um, and we also had rotating groups from Dartmouth come through uh, so that was something that was really important to me, and I got to see a lot of different community members from Dartmouth interact with a lot of different community members in the Upper Valley. At uh, the Jewelry Studio, I worked there all four years, um, and that was something that was incredible. I think that I just got to interact with so many people that I wouldn't have gotten to otherwise, and it just allowed me to be really creative. Um, 
people would come in and be like, I want to make a watch or I want to make this set of earrings. It'd be like, okay, let's do it. So that was something that was particularly special to me. Um, other extracurriculars that I did, um, I was affiliated. I was in the Greek system at Dartmouth. Um, at my sorority, I was involved and that was without a doubt an important community for me. Um, I served as vice president, I served as philanthropy chair. Um, and in addition, I did a few other things. Uh, I joined the dance group to keep up with that more musical side. Uh, I did a peer mentoring program for freshman students uh, where I helped just students adjust to college life. So those are some of the extracurriculars I did. I think that covers the main yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, a wide array of different <laughs> kinds of activities. Um, so you mentioned Greek life. So I know a lot of people are curious about kind of like what Greek culture is like. They're wondering if it's right for them when they enter college. So for Dartmouth specifically, what was the Greek life culture kind of like? Yeah, so what I would say is Dartmouth is a small campus. Um, it's a really, it has a really quaint downtown, but it is far from a bustling city by any means. It doesn't have, you know, a ton of bars or things of that, that nature. So what I would say is that is part of the reason I think the Greek system has evolved as a social scene is for people to interact outside the classrooms on the weekends, uh, to have a space, um, to have fun. Um, but I would also say is um, because there's so many people in the Greek system at Dartmouth, um, the frats and sororities are, ne are not necessarily filled with people that you would stereotypically think of. Um, in a frat or sorority, it's definitely not like the movies. <laughs> um, and I always say I don't think I would have been in a sorority at other schools. Uh, but I was at Dartmouth. Um, I came from an all-girls school. Uh, high school and I did miss that support system which I didn't realize until I got there um, and so I found that support system of female friends that was special to me and so what I would say is I mean at Dartmouth it's undeniable it's a big part of the campus um, over half the students are in the Greek system um, but what I would say is that if you don't want to be a part of it you by no means need to be a part of it you will not be let out of the system or left out um, and I'm sure you will find your people and um, some of my absolute best friends were not affiliated um, and I think another thing that's important to mention is that with Dartmouth you don't rush until you're a sophomore um, and so freshmen can't be a part of it so for me I think that's also really big for all the students is that you get settled in you find your place you find your people um, and you don't feel like you're immediately swallowed up by that um, and so you have a chance to build your own community and then I kind of view the Greek system as just building upon that community that you already have so I just viewed it more as a way to meet new people um, so what I would say is it's true Dartmouth has a big Greek system um, but I do think it's different than a lot of people make it out to be uh, but that said I think it's also important to think about as you're thinking about what kind of school you're interested in and what that social scene is like because that's just a big part of the everyday life for sure. Yeah I think yeah being able to find your people and knowing kind of what the feel of the school is and what that social scene and how you'll fit into the community that's definitely a big part of it so um, outside of Greek life kind of just in general what is the Dartmouth culture or the student culture or the campus culture kind of like? Yeah so I would say the campus culture is tight-knit 
Um, but you always feel like you're continuing to meet new people. Um, and I kind of appreciated that about Dartmouth Size. When I walked around on campus, I almost always ran into people I knew, which I found comforting. But I didn't feel like I knew every single person uh, by the time I graduated. Um, and so I would say Dartmouth is a rural campus. Uh, like I mentioned, very small, beautiful, but small. And it gets cold up there fast. I don't know. I think there's something about the environment that just brings people together. Um, I would say that Dartmouth, I would call it more of a creative community. Uh, I think there's more of an emphasis on that. For example, like we don't have a big sports game culture at Dartmouth. Um, we have a lot of traditions. Dartmouth is really known for their massive homecoming bonfire that's as tall as many buildings. Uh, we have a polar bear plunge at Winter Carnival every year where they cut a hole into the pond on campus and students jump in. I did this, it's definitely a rite of passage. <laughs> um, and then there is that Greek life piece of the uh, campus seat as well. Um, but I think that um, it is tight-knit overall is how I would describe it. Yeah. So as you were transitioning into college and trying to find your group and find your community, um, what did you find were some of the hardest parts for you transitioning from high school life to college life? Yeah, definitely. So I would honestly say one of the biggest things I think I had to adjust to was how I structured my time. I think in high school, I was so used to just being in school every day from 7 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. and then just diving straight into extracurriculars until I got home around 8, did homework for a couple hours, and then went to sleep and repeated it. Uh, but I think college is just so different because there's just so much more unstructured time. You're in class for a couple hours a day, and then you do have a lot more time to set aside certain things for yourself. And of course, there are many extracurriculars, many things to do. The time fills up quickly, but I think that um, not having a schedule dictated for you quite as much was something that I had to adjust to. Um, and for me, I think that that kind of tied to the way that Dartmouth structures its academics. Um, so Dartmouth is on a quarter system. They call it the D plan. Uh, they really pride themselves on this. Uh, schools like Stanford and UChicago are also on this system. Um, but I think that played a big role with how I structured my time, um, just because the courses were very fast paced. Um, you're only completing them in nine to 10 weeks. So it's not uncommon for you to have a midterm in your second or third week of class. Um, but at the same time, you are only taking three classes at a time, whereas on a semester schedule, you might be taking four to five at a time. So I think that this was just a big thing I had to adjust to um, in terms of really diving in into a deep level into these three classes and really um, having to work at a really fast pace. Um, it really was something I ended up loving in the end. I loved only having three classes at a time and being able to focus on those things. This also made it easier for me in the bigger scheme of my schedule to fit in things like studying abroad. So in some, the academics at Dartmouth are really fast and really rewarding, uh, but I think that just that uh, adjustment of how I structured my schedule was definitely really big. Um, from high school to college. Mm -hmm. So for students who are interested in Dartmouth or Ivy League schools, if, they, if their interest was piqued by anything that you have said <laughs> or talked about with Dartmouth, um, what would your advice be to those students who are applying right now or maybe have a couple years left until they're applying to these schools? 
Yeah, so what I would say is, of course, as you know, everything is super cutthroat and competitive now. Um, the hard thing is nothing is guaranteed as hard as you work. Uh, but I think if you make a difference, that will make a difference to your chances. I think, again, nothing is guaranteed, but if you have that impact around you, I think that that is something that top schools will always appreciate and always value and are always looking for, no matter what the community is or what the scope is. Um, I think if you make a difference, um, it will help your profile and help your chances. And what I would just say is best of luck. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and giving us your insights. For more information on how to get into Dartmouth, be sure to check out our blog, which is linked in the episode description. There are tons of helpful articles that will help you with your supplemental essays for Dartmouth and to understand how to get in. If you have any questions, would like to request a topic for a future episode, go ahead and give us a follow and send us a message on social media with the hashtag, hashtag InsideAdmissions. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time as we continue our journey inside the admissions office.